When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Scott. Before we get to today's Browns Training Camp podcast, I wanted to remind you about Football Insider. Now, it's really a great way to get in-depth coverage of the Browns during what I think everybody expects to be a really big season. A subscription gives you texts sent right to your phone from me, Dan, Mary Kay, and Ellis with updates and breaking news about the Browns, not just in training camp, but throughout the season. The subscription also gives you access to all that exclusive content you see on cleveland.com. A lot of it's free, but quite a bit requires a Football Insider subscription to access it. You also get our daily newsletter, which includes content that only subscribers get. So go to cleveland.com slash browns, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, and get signed up. All right, let's get to it. Here's today's Orange or Brown Talk podcast from Browns Training Camp. All right, it is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. The Browns wrapping up day 14 here in Berea. Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and Ellis Williams. Away we go. Let's start with some good news. The Browns getting some guys back on the field. And really, you know, Ellis, the, the big piece of it was Ronnie Harrison was back. Grant Delpa was back. Two guys dealing with hamstrings. And these are two very important pieces to that defense. And I know... Uh, you know, I didn't see it, but you got a glimpse of those guys working a little bit seven on seven. Yeah, I felt like I saw a unicorn today. It finally <laughs> happened today, y'all. Uh, we saw all three safeties on the field together at the same time. John Johnson, the third, Grant Delpit and Ronnie Harrison. Uh, they were on the field for a handful of seven on seven snaps there early in practice. It, it looked like Ronnie, you know, a guy playing towards the line of scrimmage in the box. They were trying to <clears throat> get Grant some deep reps and then let John Johnson patrol the middle of the field. Didn't last long, probably three or four reps. And those two, those two guys specifically come back from injury, Ronnie and Grant also doing some early on team reps. And then they were done. You know, they, they did some, some individual drills, but I didn't see them out there again in the second team session or later seven on seven sessions. It was a shorter practice. Day, it seemed like at least, uh, but you, that's very Brown's brand, right? We're bringing these guys back, you know, greedy Williams and Chris Hubbard only played 17 or 18 snaps in the preseason game. And that's for, good reason coming back from injury same idea here with the practice plan but it just was cool to see all three of those safeties on the field at the same time something we've been talking about since john johnson signed and clearly something joe woods plans on doing as these guys get healthier yeah i think other than like team and work like the team motto for the browns here should be abundance of caution that should be on their t-shirts because that seems to be how they're handling everything and i mean there's there's nothing wrong with that but that's you know they're working people in slow, but I think out of everybody that we could have seen on the field, seeing those three safeties, I think is at the top of the list because that, that just carries more weight, I think, in, with what they want to do as a team, as a defense. And even though it wasn't much, uh, there, you know, obviously Grant's involved in meetings and walkthroughs and all that kind of stuff too. So um, he's been here and he's been, been involved, but actually seeing him on the field is that first step you hope that, you know, that leads to, them being able to roll that that group out week one. Yeah, Kevin corrected me today. I said, are you being just being overly cautious? And he said, well, I would call it appropriately cautious. <laughs> I mean, but Mary Kay to see, it was important. It's important to get Ronnie Harrison, 
you know, Grant Delpit, if it takes a little time, that's fine. But you've got to have Ronnie Harrison on the field if, if Delpit's still going to need a little time. Yes, absolutely. And remember last week when we go back to Jeff Howard's interview with us and he talked about how Grant Delpit has only played in 19 reps so far this whole entire summer. And from that, I sort of wrote a column saying, you know, time is running out a little bit on Grant Delpit in order for him to contribute in a big way uh, in time for the opener in Kansas City on September 12th. Uh, But, you know, lo and behold, the fact that he's back out there today, I think it actually bodes well uh, for that Kansas City game now, not in terms of starting. Ronnie Harrison is going to start that game opposite John Johnson. So that that's a given at this point. Uh, but Grant Delpit now at least has an opportunity to get out there on the field a little bit and rotate in there, uh, providing that he holds up well enough with the ruptured Achilles and the hamstring over the next couple. But having Ronnie out there, like you guys said, is huge because he is one of the starting safeties. I mean, they have got to have him and you just don't, you know, there is a drop off after that. Uh, So you want him out there. And the bad thing about these darn hamstrings this summer is the fact that those speed guys, they need those hammies. I mean, you have to be healthy, uh, you know, pace with, you know, Tyreek Hill and, you know, the, the players, Cole Hardman, my goodness, he runs a 4.2. So you, you really need uh, to be on point with your speeds. But so that was good today. It was really encouraging to see those two guys back. And then, of course, Anthony Schwartz worked in a little bit. Uh, he's also another hammy guy. Lots of hammies this summer. Don't know what's going on with the back of the legs, but um, <laughs> but Anthony Schwartz at least was back out there, a little bit of individual drills. And once again, he's somebody that needs to catch up in a hurry. And, and real quick, specifically on how important and the hamstring injury is in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. It was nice seeing Grant Delpit and Ronnie Harrison play their specific roles despite the injuries they're going through. And what, what I mean by that is on the two reps that I watched closely, you know, there was only three or four that they repped together. One of them, you saw Grant Delpit be the deep center fielder, the, the one third high safety, you know, Earl Thomas, like, if you will, the prototype there. And, and look, he got beat. He got beat deep. The corner didn't help him much at all, it, but he still went through that motion and, and tried to get to his spot. And then you saw Ronnie Harrison being, quick, twitchy, physical, and getting out on out routes near the line of scrimmage. Those are those guys' roles. I even saw Ronnie and Grant then both play too high and probably a cover four look. So just seeing their ability to be around where they need to be on the field and get to those spots bodes well for how the hammy's healing because Grant's a a deep center field player that they're going to want to be able to open up if he's going to be out there against Kansas City. Okay, now another guy to talk about, and he's going to be a focal point this week because his former team is coming to town for joint practices, Odell Beckham. Uh, still kind of coming along slowly. They're just ramping him up, coming off the torn ACL. Uh, saw him do a little bit, not teamwork today, but he was out there in walkthroughs late in practice and, and made a couple catches from one from Baker. I believe the other might have been from Case Keenum, um, but, but made a couple catches when they were doing just some walkthroughs against Air. He's getting there, but you know, Mary Kay, it, it feels like as cautious as this team has been to kind of throw Odell out there later this week would be very out of character for them. Yeah. You know what? I I think they really need to err on the side of caution. When the giants come to town, they have not put Odell out there in any team drills whatsoever yet when they're in pads, we've not seen that one time. 
So really, why would you do that against the Giants, his former team, when once again, you do have guys trying to get film out there, make a name for themselves. Um, it, it just doesn't seem wise to do that. Now, who knows? We're not exactly sure how Kevin plans to ramp him up appropriately, uh, but that's the plan. I mean, they're going to give him a little bit more to do each day, but I still think that, you know, maybe some seven on sevens against the Giants, that would probably work. Uh, but to risk any kind of, of contact with, with DBs, especially, you know, in an emotional situation for him. We know he's an emotional guy, right? I mean, I don't care what anybody says. When Dave Gettleman, Freddie Kitchens, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Sharp, and all these players are coming to town that he spent five years in New York, that's going to be emotional for him. So I think, you know, in addition to just being very mindful and careful about the torn ACL, uh, it's just a situation where, uh, you know, they might not want to throw him to the wolves too quickly. Yeah. And he's also a competitive guy, right? So he would go out there wanting to, of course, dominate reps, make a, make a point and just get his feet back under him. So it's probably a situation where you also have to protect the athlete from themselves. Like Odell's been vocal about not having any interest in playing in a preseason game, but this is joint practice. You know, these things get, they get fiery, they get competitive, a lot of jawing. These guys are on top of each other, all practice, just competing. And to pull Odell away from that would be wise, even though we all want to see it. Yeah, I agree that he should be nowhere near the game, though, because we all know what happened the last time he was involved in a Browns-Giants preseason game. What was that? Brian Body Calhoun uh, took him out, and, uh, yeah, that, that caused him issues all year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. And I think you mentioned how he was involved in walkthrough, but he he was out there treating that like, like it was real. Right. Like he just blew off the line of scrimmage, and I think – Ellis joked that he just totally destroyed the air cornerback that wasn't out there <laughs> with his move. And I mean, he got downfield so fast that Baker underthrew him actually. So uh, he seems certainly up to speed as far as, you know, the physical part of running routes and just burst and all that kind of stuff. So do we, how much do we think we're going to see Odell in some of these more intense? I'm not talking about the giants practices, but you know, we were talking before we recorded, we're kind of getting down to it here because they'll play the giants and then they'll have, I think it's four practices before they play Atlanta. And then they cut the roster down, and they've got a couple. They'll probably be lighter practices after that. Players take the weekend off, and then you're in regular season mode at that point. So, I mean, are, are we actually ever going to see Odell Beckham go full speed this training camp, or are we kind of getting to the point where it's like, eh, we'll see you in Kansas City? Yeah, I, I kind of think that we are not going to see – or get the full Odell experience while we are out here watching. I think once they shut it down to us and they start really game planning in earnest for the chiefs, uh, that's when I think that, that he'll get out there and practice and he'll do all the things that, uh, that he's going to do in the game. But the thing to remember also is that he might not be ready for hundred percent full-time duty on September 12th in Kansas city. And, you know, they've got Donovan people's Jones who's playing so well right now. Uh, they've got Rashard Higgins who can get out there. So, you know, I mean, there's a chance he might not play 60 snaps or whatever the, the case may be. Uh, he might be on a little bit of a pitch count uh, early on, which would sort of make some sense. So, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if we – I don't think he'll play in either of the two preseason games, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him in very much team ourselves. 
but I, but I see this as a lot different than like, you know, Grant Delpit or, or some of the guys who are always on the bikes. I mean, he's been participating the whole time. And, you know, there, there are things that he's done where he's done at full speed, like today. And, you know, he does a lot of individual drills. He's done things by himself with Baker uh, and some of the other receivers. So he's been out there doing things. It's not like he's been on the shelf the whole time. It's just that he hasn't done those things full speed against somebody playing defense against him. That's, that's probably really the only difference here. Right. It seems like the freak accident isn't worth the risk. And it won't be until the games actually matter. And I think Mary Kay is onto something. Uh, I, I'm not here to predict his snap count in Kansas City. I just would urge Browns fans to be patient with Odell through the month of September. Keep in mind, week two, the Browns are hosting the Houston Texans. Kevin Stefanski will never admit this, but I'm willing to call that the fourth preseason game on the Browns <laughs> schedule. The Browns are actually playing four preseason it's games. A, it's a homecoming game. There's a bunch yes, of former homecoming. Browns coming back, and the Browns should just, yeah, that's a homecoming game. Homecoming preseason week four. It's all happening at First Energy Stadium September 19th. And I, look, we don't mean to you know laugh too hard at an NFL franchise, but the Texans are going to have a tough year. It's just, it's no secret. And that is an opportunity to just keep experimenting and getting Odell revved up for what's going to be a stretch in mid October through Thanksgiving. And, you know, of course the Super Bowl run this team's trying to make also, I, I can say this considering where I come from the Minnesota Vikings in, I think week four, that game obviously would be much more challenging than the Texans, but the Vikings secondary is a mess right now. KJ Hamler scored an 80 yard touchdown in week one of the preseason on Saturday, aside from Patrick Peterson, that could be an opportunity, of course, in the controlled environment, like us bank stadium to unlock Odell a little more. So those are two games week two and week four in September that I think we keep an eye on for Odell to start looking like the real Odell rather than risking him out here in a competitive seven on seven drill against the giants on a Thursday practice. Right. Real quick about Odell. I just, I want to make this point real quick, even though he's not doing much in the very few brief things, as Scott mentioned, you know, just exploding off the line in the very few things that we do see him, he is a freak of nature and he is ready for action. I think he's, he's ready for so much more than he's able to do right now. So once it's go time, I think you're going to see a really fresh and rejuvenated Odell. I mean, kind of to your point, Ellis, it was, you know, Browns fans are so used to like October, November, we start talking draft. Sure. Well, now here's how you have to think about it. October, November is when you start ramping up for the playoff run. So those, those games are important at the beginning of the season. You don't want to fall behind, but it really is like, especially now with the 17th game, see where you're sitting in November, see where you're sitting at Thanksgiving. A lot of that is just jostling and positioning, and then you make your move, and, and you want to be playing your best football uh, when you go into that stretch. Hey, it's Dan, and before we get back to the podcast, let me tell you about our virtual Orange and Brown season kickoff event taking place on Wednesday, September 1st from 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. You can join Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ellis Williams, Doug Maurice, Terry Pluto, and me. We'll have in-depth discussions on the team, analysis, a live auction, and even some surprise cameos. Tickets for the event are free, and they can be reserved through the link in the bio of this podcast, or the description of this podcast, I should say. There's also a VIP experience. Enter for a chance to win tickets to a special smaller group VIP experience with Browns alumni players and Cleveland.com sports writers. There's only 150 tickets available for this special experience. So to enter the ticket sweepstakes, again, go to that link in the description of this podcast to enter. Again, that's our Orange and Brown virtual season kickoff event on Wednesday, September 1st from 630 
to 8 p.m. A couple other guys I want to ask about here. Jadavian Clowney. See, I'm not concerned about Miles Garrett. I'm not real concerned about Denzel Ward. You know, he has a history of some of the soft tissue stuff, but it's early enough. I think he'll be back. But Jadavian Clowney hasn't practiced for a little while. Any reason for concern here? He's been talking about he's been healthier than he's ever been. Uh, I mean, he lit up the first two weeks of camp or whatever it was, but now we just haven't seen him. He's been on the side. So, Mary Kay, are you concerned at all about Jadavian? Is this just kind of like Odell, let's get him to Kansas City? What's going on here? Yeah, here's what I think is going on with Jadavian Clowney. He has had five surgeries on his knee. The very first one of those surgeries was a microfracture surgery in his rookie year. And as you guys know, the microfracture surgery is you drill holes in the knee and you try to get some cartilage-like substance growing in there. And after that first surgery, he had he's had four more surgeries after that. Uh, including surgery to repair a torn meniscus last season. Okay. So he's coming off of all of these surgeries on that knee. And he really did have a very nice first couple of weeks of camp. He looked great. He felt good. So to me, this is all right. We saw everything from you that we needed to see. Now let's chill you out and get you to September 12th. That's what I think this is all about. Right. They know exactly what they have in Jadavion. We saw it every single day he was out here. I sometimes go back and look at the clips I have of Clowney versus Jack Conklin just in a one-on-one drill. And then Michael Dunn stepped up one time, you know, probably day two of camp. And just the sheer power, strength, quickness combination, hand speed of Clowney is really unmatched. I wrote about it back then that Clowney made clear quickly that he's really only competing against himself. And that's everything Mary Kay just said about the grueling injuries he's endured throughout his entire career. This is a guy that is really only problem is staying healthy. And that's the the mission right now, get him there. And he really encapsulates the top heaviness of this Browns roster. We just got done talking about Odell. And of course the receiver room is much deeper than the pass rushing room, but there's only one, Odell, right? He will hopefully for Browns fans make the difference between an AFC divisional game and going to the Super Bowl. And there's really only one clowny on this roster. Of course, Miles Garrett is one on one as well, but the depth behind them isn't there. You look at a team like the Buffalo Bills who go pass rusher in round one and round two, and they pair that with uh, AG Epinesa, their first round pick from a year ago. You know, those are three either rookie or second year guys that they're just going to rotate on the front line and to go with the guys they already have. The Browns aren't in that situation. So that makes Clowney all the more valuable, not only for just availability, but also, of course, his, his complete game-wrecking ability. Not needed until September 12th, like Mary Kay said. I think he pointed out uh, when we heard from earlier in camp that he hasn't done a lot of training camps. Right. And, like, you know, which goes back to what Mary Kay said about just they should really, again, abundance of caution and, <laughs> and understand what this guy's body has been through. And, yeah, there's, there's no need to run him out there every day. All right, last question here. We were talking about this while we were watching practice. Is this just life covering a good football team now? Is this, I mean, Mary Kay, we're used to coming out to training camp practice and the story is like, oh my God, who's going to start a cornerback or a quarterback or probably cornerback too? Who's, you know, what's the coach going to say that's going to get national headlines everywhere, some crazy rant or something like that? 
I mean, there's just nothing this year. It's just they're being very careful. They're being cautious. There's no quarterback competition, obviously. No rookie they need to step there's, in. And yeah, start. there's no rookie. That, I mean, the cornerback battle even has been sort of like, eh, okay, whatever happens, happens. Very quiet so far. Maybe that changes in a couple of days. But so far, just very, very quiet. Yeah, it really has been, which is why you really need Freddie Kitchens and the Giants to come to town. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so yes, I I always used to say when I was covering, I used to call them the juvenile Jays. Okay, so it was Johnny Manziel, Justin Gilbert and Josh Gordon. So I I dubbed them the juvenile Jays and somebody was always floating on a swan or getting arrested or just, you know, not showing up for practice or whatever the case may be. Uh, So there was a lot of dysfunction that went on over the years. And I always thought, you know, it really must be quite boring to cover the New England Patriots where it's always the same. Everything is methodical. Everything is organized. Everything leads to a victory, you know, Uh, and here we have all this craziness. But yes, this is what it's like Uh, to cover sanity. This is what it's like to cover a functional organization. This is the most normal Browns regime I've ever covered in 30 years. I can promise you that. And yeah, this it's, it's different. We, we definitely need, um, we need a little action on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. And of course, Mary Kay knows what it's like covering both Bill Belichick and now Kevin Stefanski and their pressers are getting quite similar. If we're keeping it real, you know, we're just, you're not getting much from the coach, which shows up at practice as it's about their business. They're about their reps. And maybe that's the secret formula to a Super Bowl after all this time. Yeah. I came onto this beat when Hugh Jackson arrived and I'm just, I'm really glad that I, I wasn't crazier. <laughs> well, yeah. And I started to think it was me after a while, but it's clearly it, it wasn't because they, they seem to have turned the page and, and gotten things together. Be boring. Success follows. <laughs> I mean, and we were talking to Anthony Walker today just about those, those joint practices in 2019. And he was very tight lipped about everything other than when he said they didn't push us around. He was very tight lipped about everything, but it's just, you kind of remember like, Oh my God, that was the craziest Whoa. two days of football practice. I probably yeah. ever watched in my life. Yeah, it it really was. I remember I have this vision in my mind that I will never I will never be able to unsee this. I I looked out there and I watched in the middle of a scrum. I watched a Browns player just stomp his foot on a guy's like leg that was down. I mean, it was it was that out of control. It was the wild, wild west. And I've never seen anything like that either. That's not going to happen when these guys come to town on Thursday and Friday. Nobody's going to tolerate that. Uh, I I think it'll be very controlled, and I I just don't think you're going to see any of that kind of stuff. One of the special teamers on that Browns team, too, was like a fourth-line hockey goon. Like he was just, he yeah. was the one going out there trying to instigate stuff. It was, yeah. it was nuts. Hey, Absolutely look, nuts. I just reread your, your story on Kevin Stefanski, Dan, and it reminded me that, you know, Kevin did beat out Joe judge for the ninth yes. grade quarterback spot. So maybe out, see getting, uh, getting it out here at practice might be his one way to get some revenge. Yeah. A couple of those little Philadelphia Catholic league grudges. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we go, a couple shout outs. First of all, Elsa, I thought I saw you talking to him too, but we met a guy named Dan today Shout out Dan uh, at training camp, uh, gave us a, a holler as we walked by and also reading another review, five-star review from Don and McKinney. This is from Thursday. Lots of hard work and perseverance have made these podcasts must listen. 
The common respect among participants allows a good discussion into key issues. Over the years, it has been consistently good and getting better. And I'm a Cowboys fan. So thanks, Don and McKinney, for that five-star review. And so if you leave a five-star review and say something nice, maybe we'll uh, shout you out on the podcast as well. If you see us at training camp, give us a holler also. All right. I think that's everything. For Mary Kay Scott and Ellis, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, guys.